630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Wow, that was great last hour. Two members of your Grey Cup champion, Edmonton Eskimos, in studio. DeAnthony Batiste and Tony Washington. Tony's the left tackle. DeAnthony is the right tackle. Really fun to talk to them. A lot of great stories about playing football as kids, coming to the CFL, and, of course, a look back on the Eskimos Grey Cup championship season. By the way, you ever uh, missing anything on the show you'd like to listen to or you want to go back and hear something again, you go to the Inside Sports page on 630ched.com. You can also sign up for the podcast for this fine program. Reed Wilkins with you. Quick look at your scoreboard presented by Crystal Glass for all your glass needs. Call 310-GLASS today. Panthers and Islanders 1-1 after 2. Purcell and Tavares are the goal scorers. The Stars and the Wilds scoreless about halfway through the first period. Uh, The uh, Capitals lost to the Flyers 2-1. So they stay alive. Michael Neuverth in net. Caps are up 3-1 on the series. Kings and Sharks still to come. The Blue Jays and the Orioles are 3-3 in the top of the 10th. The Orioles scored three off R.A. Dickey in the bottom of the first. The Jays came back with singles in the third, fifth, and seventh. NHL playoff action, of course, every night the first round very busy and the Anaheim Ducks are back in their series against the Nashville Predators with a win last night to talk about that. And who knows what else, one of my favorites to have on the show, Nashville Predators play-by-play voice Pete Weber. Pete, you're on with Reed Wilkins. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Reed. How are you tonight? I'm doing uh, I'm I'm doing awesome. I know you were on on hold there, so I just had uh Two members of the uh, Grey Cup champion Edmonton Eskimos in studio. Two American guys, both born in Louisiana, who uh, spent their off season in Edmonton. So I thought that was a cool, cool part of the story. Yeah, you know, I when I was in Seattle, one of the guys who always was the half court shootout champion, it seemed like, was uh, at that point still Eskimos quarterback Warren Moon. Really? Yes, sir. So I, I did not. Julio Cruz. I did not know that. So he had a pretty good. So what would they they do a half court like till somebody missed or out of five? How would they do that? A, a challenge thing at halftime. Yeah, and he would always be like the demo shot. Okay, <laughs> that's great. Well, Warren Moon to this day, Pete is still one of the most popular athletes in the history of this city, and always speaks very highly oh, of Edmonton. Yes, tremendous person. Yeah. For sure. Uh, all right. So, yeah, that was fun to have those guys on. Was that not you that sent me a couple of years ago that spreadsheet of all the championships in which city had won more than one in the same season? Yes. I think that was. Yes, it was. <laughs> At least I did one. I know that much. And so you, I did send it around. Yeah. So you tracked that kind of stuff. And you, I think you included the Great Cup in there. Yes, I did. Yeah. Having been in Buffalo for so long and, uh, you know, following the Argos, the Ticats, and even having what I, I covered. Uh, the great one when Tommy Clemens threw to Tony Gabriel to win the Grey Cup for Ottawa. 
Oh, wow. So you attended that Grey Cup? Yes, sir. How many did you attend, Pete? Only two, unfortunately, because my other schedule covering the bills and so on precluded that. Right, okay. Well, yeah, I didn't realize you had uh, such an affinity for the Canadian Football League. That's that's uh, that's good to know. You got an affinity for hockey right now, and you're going to have at least a five-game series uh, after na- yeah. or after the uh, Predators uh, lost last night to the Ducks. Uh, I mean, what was different from the first two games to last night, Pete, that allowed Anaheim to get back in it? The Ducks decided not to be the Philadelphia Flyers after the first two games and to pay strict attention to just playing the game of hockey. And uh, they played it very, very well last night. Uh, obviously, uh, Frederick Anderson played a great game in goal. Though I don't think that the switch in goaltenders was so much performance-motivated. I-, I think it was more Gabby uh, Boudreau trying to find some way of sparking his team and altering the chemistry a little bit. Because uh, I-, I can't say that Gibson cost them those first two games. Right. One, and you know what? It's funny. I was talking earlier this week about Craig Smith, and I said the Oilers don't have any Craig Smiths, those secondary guys that they drafted themselves who can get you twenty to twenty-five goals every season. I, I hope people in Nashville, Nashville aren't listening because they'll think I jinxed Craig Smith by praising him. But I, I mean, he got he got he got hurt last night. How how bad is it? Well, okay, stupid question at playoff time because no one tells you how bad it is. But what what's your sense of uh, Smith's injury? Well, I do know he has a pulse. He still has a pulse. And, uh, but other than that, you are absolutely right. I mean, playoff time, it's, uh, sometimes it's even generally called a body injury. But, no, they've labored, labeled it a lower body injury. He was not on the ice for practice today. That much I can tell you. Okay. Who's going to likely go in if Craig Smith can't play? It looked like, from the way line rushes were going today, it would be Colton Sissons with some juggling going on. And Mika Salamaki, I think, moving up a line. Uh, and uh, maybe Colin Wilson moving up a line too. Okay, so well, that's that's. I mean, I, I was talking about him the other night. What does Craig Smith add to the team? He's one of those guys. You know, he wasn't a high draft pick. You don't count him as a superstar or a star. But right. again, every year and every two or three games, you see his name on the score sheet, and, and he keeps contributing. Yep. Four twenty goal seasons for the young man, and uh, yeah, he, he went to the USHL to Waterloo. Uh, played there, and then a little bit at University of Wisconsin. Predators draft him, he comes out, and they gave him a shot uh, here, and right away, his hands are so good around the net, being able to convert chances, pick up loose bucks. You know, in, in the old days, we would say that those were Phil Esposito garbage goals. Well, he's done pretty well with the garbage. <laughs> you know, we've seen Wayne Huizenga make a fortune out of handling garbage. Uh, Craig Smith has done pretty well himself. I love the Wayne Huizinga reference. He used to technically be my boss. I worked for Blockbuster Video in the late 1990s, Pete. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Renting VHS tapes. What are those, half the audience just said? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We all have to change our frame of reference. Yeah, when exactly. about a broken record or stick handling in a phone booth, I get some quizzical looks from the younger people in the crowd. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, next game coming up tomorrow night. What? What? Uh, give me a key or two here for the Predators to, to regroup and try to go up 3-1. they got to get back to using their speed, which is what they did so well in the first two games. They do that and forecheck. Uh, it could be a very, very long game tomorrow night. You know, it, we might even be still be playing when they're due to take off <laughs> for uh, Anaheim on Friday afternoon. 
But if they do that, I think uh, they're willing to take their chances against a, a Anaheim club that is, without question, very good. And when the season started, you know, the Predators played them. Their three-game series, season series was done on November 17th. And throughout the entirety of that, they were talking about, is Bruce Boudreaux going to be fired? Are they going to have to make a big trade to shake the club up? And even then, Ryan Getzloff uh, had uh, an appendectomy performed, I think, uh, causing him to miss the middle game of that series out in Anaheim. And uh, since then, I mean, since Christmas time, this has been uh, pretty much the hottest, uh, I think along with Pittsburgh, hottest club in the league. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's uh, you know what I, I got to be honest. I, I didn't give the the Predators much of a chance in this one, but they're making it pretty interesting. So another huge game tomorrow night, Pete. It's always great to catch up with you on Inside Sports. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're really busy, and I hope we can do this again soon. We certainly can, and thank you. And what I'm going to do now is I'm probably going to go right back to the computer and update that spreadsheet. Yes, good stuff. Put those Eskimos in there, Pete. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. That is Pete Weber checking in tonight, the play-by-play. I think he was in the middle of congratulating the Eskimos, and I cut him off. Sorry, Pete. Uh, It's uh, Pete Weber from the Nashville Predators play-by-play booth. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Thanks for tuning in tonight, 8.15. Of course, you can always reach us by texting 630-630. The open line number is 780-496-0063. Still ahead, we'll talk a little bit about the WHL playoffs with Regan Bartell. He calls the play-by-play for the Kelowna Rockets. They had an incredible victory last night. And we'll talk a little bit about the American Hockey League playoffs with Derek Laxtall. He's the head coach of the Texas Stars. They're getting set to take on the San Diego Gulls. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It's an Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet is the name of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins. Good to have you on the other side of the speaker tonight or phone or computer, whatever you're using to listen with. I don't even know these days. Uh, Tell you what you can do here if you want to golf. This is great. We have the uh, 23rd year 6.30 Ched Gary Dreger Memorial Golf Classic. Go to 630Ched.com to sign up or find details as well on the 6.30 Ched app. All net proceeds from the tournament go to 630 Ched, Santa's Anonymous. Help us bring Christmas to over 25,000 Edmonton children each year. Registration, 195 pucks per, uh, dollars per golfer. You can sign up individually or as a team. Again, the registration form is on our website or at the office, 5204 84th Street. Remember to come during traditional business hours. 144 spots up for grabs, so don't wait. Prizes, food included. And yeah, it all helps 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. It is a great day. June 17th at the Lynx in Spruce Grove. Hope to see you there. Well, I'm hoping to play again. Hopefully they'll let me play again. Bernard Soon, back from a long hiatus. I know. Is the studio operator tonight for Inside Sports. Bernard, where have you been? Well, um, I haven't been like here lately, and I've been probably, like most of the times I've been at in promotions, that's why. 
So, but then you were you said I'm so deprived because I'm not on Inside Sports. Please get me back on that show. Yes, I kind of begged to come back. Well, you got your way. Now, are, are, did you take part in the uh, the Gary Drager Memorial Golf Classic last year? Were you up there? No, I wasn't. But you know what? I would be a terrible golfer if well, I was there. Well, you know, if you're working in promotions, you might get to help organize it. <laughs> well, um, the, the I wasn't pancakes? there. Pancakes? I don't know. <laughs> well, I can't even make a good pancake. Jeez, you're just really putting yourself down today. <laughs> That's Bernard Soon, everybody. He's not good at anything. Well, why, why are you operating this show? You're probably going to fail. Thanks. Probably. <laughs> oh, there he is, everybody. Uh, zero confidence, zero results. Oh, my gosh. That, maybe that should be the slogan for the show. <laughs> zero maybe, con- inside sports. Maybe zero it's for me. <laughs> zero, just when, you're, just when you're working. Yeah. <laughs> You haven't tried. I've gotten a little testy with you a couple times. It's not quite as you know. Because you're new, but I have high expectations. Okay. So I've well, a couple times I've snapped at you. You can tell people it's okay. Look, people <laughs> know I'm a jerk already. No, you're not. Okay. You're, you're <laughs> actually really nice. Oh, so so who are the jerk hosts at Chad? Don't worry, no one's listening. No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Uh, all right, Bernard. I, I, I know you are, are not a sports fan, so I do appreciate you enduring in, in this show. Though you did say you you have a hockey game on, right? Yes, I have a, I have a hockey game on. Which but, one do you have on? Um, I I just have a I'm, I'm just having a brain fart right now. Just read the initials of the teams that are on the screen. <laughs> it's on commercials what right color? now. Mine. <laughs> you must be watching. I must be watching the wrong channel. That's no, the no, thing. there's two games on. You must be watching Dallas and. Uh, and Minnesota, because I'm watching Florida and the Islanders, one one in the third, and it's definitely not on, uh, not on commercial because they're playing. Yeah, well, maybe you're watching a PVR game from three years ago. Who knows? Morley Probably. Scott's always PVRing stuff. <laughs> That's why the PVR is always full here. <laughs> yeah, it's Morley Scott. Morley Scott, by the way. Uh, okay, here. Hey, okay, if people want some inside knowledge about 6:30 Chad hosts and personalities. Uh, Morley Scott's a TV addict. Like, I think he's got a problem. Really? Yeah, I think I think Morley has a problem. I never knew that. No, let's keep this to ourselves. Okay. And to the end of the, to the I, I know that you can answer the phone. By okay, the way. I'll, I'll answer the phone right <laughs> the now. Phone, people are calling <laughs> it. Bernard's like, "What do I do? Wilkins is talking to me. What's happening?" Uh, Morley Scott, I believe, watches every television show currently in production. But it's it's true. Morley Scott, like, you'll be like, "Oh, the Arrow was great last night." He'll be like, "Oh, the you know the Flash was great last night." Oh, Survivor was great last night. Oh, you know, Three's Company was great last night. Well, did you see what happened on Taxi? That was unbelievable. That's Morley Scott. And it, on top of that, he does the Eskimos games and he reads sports on Chad. I don't know when the guy sleeps. I, I don't know. But you know what? Um, the last phone call I just got, um, it was a really a compliment to me. <laughs> but I, I actually don't want to share that phone call. Why because not? It, it might offend someone at Chad. Uh-oh. <laughs> so did someone compliment you by yeah. insulting someone else? Y- yeah. Like, I, I could be the person taking over a, a, a show. Inside sports, perhaps? No, not inside sports. <laughs> you know, we only have so many shows here, buddy. Oh, I hope it's the Alien Show overnight. No, it's not the Alien Show. What's it called? Coast to Coast? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, which is the weirdest name for a show about the paranormal. But you know what? I listened I mean, to it once, yeah. I've listened to it a lot. Yeah. But I, well, when I used to work mornings here on Chet, I would listen to it while I was I was driving in. Yep. 
but it's it's called coast to coast, but it's about the paranormal. I mean, it, it would be like calling inside sports like uh, <laughs> like an afternoon in Marcy's kitchen. <laughs> the host isn't named Marcy, and it's not a cooking show. But, but it's like, well, coast to coast, what's it about? Eh, you know, mummies and werewolves. Oh wow! Fighting each other. Ooh, that'd be a good movie. Someone drop that. Someone at home. Someone. Someone tweet me. At Reed Wilkins, remind me to write the screenplay for Mummies vs. Werewolves. All right, well, that was an interesting tangent. It is April 20th, so uh, and the Oilers aren't playing, so we're going to have some fun. Eskimos haven't started yet either. But i, I got to tell you, incredible game last night in the Western Hockey League. Kelowna against Victoria, tying goal with less than a second to goal. To, to go, and then Kelowna uh, won in overtime. Derek Laxtall is going to check in as well. It'll be good to catch up with him. Former coach of uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings. He won a couple of league titles with them, won the Memorial Cup. He's now coaching the Texas Stars, and he's getting ready for a showdown with Dallas Aikens and the San Diego Gulls. Coming up tomorrow on the show, this is going to be fun. Matthew Barnaby, former NHL player, co-host on Sirius XM NHL and 2016 World Men's Curling Champion, Mark Kennedy. Always great to have Mark on the show. That's coming up tomorrow. Laxdahl and Bartell still ahead. And uh, remember, again, I can't emphasize enough, if you're interested in helping out Santa's Anonymous, we would love to have you at the links Friday, June 17th in Spruce Grove for the Gary Dreger Memorial Golf Classic. You are helping out 630 Jet Santa's Anonymous. Randy Kilburn standing by to bring you the 8.30 news. Then more Inside Sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chet. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. The Blue Jays lose. Bottom of the 10th. The Orioles win it on a past Ball, 4-3, Baltimore knocking off Toronto. Quite a game last night in the Western Hockey League. Can't get a shot away. Sitting free, the right done now. Turkoff, score! They did it! The Rockets have won! The Rockets have won! Can you believe it? It's Kelvin Turkoff! Kelvin Turkoff! Kelvin Turkoff has scored... All right, the voice behind that call from the Kelowna Rockets broadcast booth, it is Regan Bartell. Regan, you're on with Reed Wilkins. How are you doing, man? Reed, how's it going? I'm, I'm doing great. First of all, i got to say thank you for dropping a Star Wars reference into your overtime winner. That was beautiful. <laughs> I do the best I can. You want to know what? I actually picked that up earlier on in the series. Uh, there was the Victoria Colonist. That's the newspaper. And there was one of the scribes there that talked about the evil empire. So I thought I'd throw the empire in at the Rockets won, and that's in fact what they did. Yeah, well, whenever you, you're a winning franchise, you're, you're evil. That's one thing that I've learned from, from following sports all my life. Okay, so, well, I've, I've, I've told people what happened, but I, I won't do much to tee you up other than just to say, Regan, take us through the flow of that game and some of the incredible things that, that happened last night in Victoria. Well, it was an epic series. It was an epic game. I've been calling play-by-play uh, -play for the in the WHL for 21 years now, and I've never seen that type of comeback bid ever. And it's all because of how Victoria was strong, and we're in a great position through 40 minutes. I mean, they were 
they were dominating territorial play. They were winning on the shot clock, winning on the scoreboard. Again, they're nursing a, a 2 nothing lead heading into the third period. The Rockets have really nothing going on offensively. I did uh, believe, though, at the intermission, the second intermission, I thought, hey, if the Rockets can get one, maybe they got a sniff to get back in the hockey game. And as the hockey gods would, would come and help the Rockets in the third period, there was a puck that went off a defender, went into the Victoria goal. It was early in the third period, so that made it a one-goal game. But even at that point, the Rockets still did not have a lot of good looks offensively in, in the third period. So I thought, okay, you know, goaltender pulled, Rockets down by single goal, but the crowd in Victoria, all 7,000 strong. It was a capacity crowd had taken the game. They're all standing with one minute left to go in regulation time, and the puck is deep inside the Victoria zone. But again, Joe Hicketts, who's their marquee defenseman, uh, he's trapping the puck up in the right corner and doing a real good job of killing time. And it looks like basically time is going to run out and the Rockets are going to lose. And Victoria is going to advance to the Western Conference Final. But a puck comes loose in the right corner and a Victoria forward can clear. It goes back towards the blue line. Kel Foote, who's a rookie defenseman for the Rockets, that's Adam Foote's young son, he elects not to shoot the puck with about three seconds left to go. He dishes it off to Justin Kirkland, who's a Nashville Predator draft pick, he skates in, takes a wrist shot, beats the goaltender with .2 seconds left to go in regulation time, and it's 2-2. Point two. That I mean, that's... The, the it's the 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 word unbelievable is overused in sports. That's borderline unbelievable that they'd sneak it in like that. I mean, what were you thinking? It was crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. Everybody in attendance was totally in shock at what had just transpired in front of them because it looked like it was a slam dunk that the Royals were going to advance, you know, to take on Seattle in round number three. So. Everybody in the crowd, just you could just see the energy just fell, it just dropped. You could see the, the Royals bench, obviously, you know, the anticipation of jumping over the bench in celebration. That wasn't about to happen as we were going into overtime. And the Rockets, you could just see at that point that they had their mojo back and that overtime would be very interesting. The Rockets likely would have the advantage going into overtime considering they'd been there in a Game 7 in round number one against Kamloops where they also, again, won uh, in overtime. So, good news for the Rockets in overtime. They won six minutes in. They got a big goal from Calvin Turkoff, as you heard on that audio clip. And the Rockets are off to round three. Well, yeah, that's an incredible playoff run. I mean, from uh, I know, and I know you cover the Rockets, but I just want to ask you this from not a Royals perspective so much, but I mean, that, the fifth year since they got that franchise, and I guess they had a 100-point season in, in 14, but in my mind, clearly the best Victoria team that they've had in those in those five seasons, so that's got to be a, a huge blow for them and probably the expectations of the fan and fans in the organization. Well, you know, Drew, when you take a look at, at how this thing was all you know drawn up for for the Rockets to to tie the score, it was amazing with Kirkland getting obviously the tying goal. But just to see you know the the overage players on the Royal roster who have been really integral parts of of the Royals doing a real nice job to have a good, successful season. As you said, 50 victories this year and the most points in the entire WHL. Sports is so cruel, though. It can be such a great thing for the team that wins, but so sour for the team that loses. And honestly, I did feel for the Royals because it's a, it's a season gone sour because you can have a great regular season, but really in the end, what does it matter if you're eliminated in postseason play? We knew that there would be a stud team that would be booted out of the WHL playoffs as these were the top two teams in the BC division during the regular season. But for the graduating players, especially the goaltender by the name of Coleman Volrath, he's a 20-year-old, 
his final goal that he allows in his WHL career will be a losing goal. It'll be an overtime goal. It'll end his career. It ends his, his hockey club season. That is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, that's a tough one. Regan Bartell joining us on Inside Sports, play-by-play voice for the Kelowna Rockets. All right, before I, I let you go, so the conference final now against Seattle, Kelowna's going to have home ice, right? What are we looking at? Yeah, they will. They had more points than Seattle during the regular season. Uh, Seattle's the U.S. Division champ, so the Rockets will start things off Friday and Saturday night at Prospero Place in Kelowna. That's good news because Seattle had the best home ice record in the entire WHL during the regular season. And outside of the Royals, were the hottest team in the WHL down the stretch heading into the playoffs. Rockets have not uh, scored a goal in Seattle in the two games or the two visits they had down there. So, yeah, winning game number one and two, taking advantage of home ice advantage will be pivotal. But uh, Seattle is a bigger team, a stronger team. They can score. They're really stingy defensively. Uh, the Rockets will definitely have their hands full in round number three. Regan, thanks for the update from the WHL. What an incredible game last night. Uh, I'm glad you got to have the experience of calling it. And, uh, hey, buddy, moving along here, may the yeah, force be with you. It's exciting, Regan. <laughs> Appreciate it, and uh, take care. All right, that's Regan Bartel checking in tonight, 840. Again, I... Uh, seconds left. They got that tying goal. I don't know if I've ever seen one that tight before. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, this portion of the show presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. We will visit with former Edmonton Oil Kings coach Derek Laxtall, now with the Texas Stars, when we get back. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30. Chad. All right, it's 8.45, the uh, 8.44. The Philadelphia Flyers say that Scott Lawton will stay overnight at hospital for precautionary reasons. All tests are negative, so hopefully he's going to be okay. In that game tonight, Scott Lawton checked uh, into the boards. Well, he was pushed a few feet away from the boards by John Carlson, went flying in, hit his head on the boards. He was taken off on a stretcher, but uh, sounds like pretty good news. Out of that situation, the Flyers won the game 2-1. The Capitals lead the series 3-1. The Panthers trying to finish off the Islanders. They're up 2-1 with uh, less than a minute to go. Finish them off in game four. Of course, right now the series is 2-1 for the Islanders. No score, Minnesota and Dallas. That one early in the second period. The Blue Jays lost 4-3 in 10 innings to the Baltimore Orioles. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. American Hockey League playoffs getting set to go. The Texas Stars are coached by Derek Laxtall, former Oil Kings coach. Derek, welcome back to 630. Chad, how are you doing? Not too bad, Reed. How are you this evening? Doing very well. Great to have you back on the show. Haven't talked to you for uh, for a little bit. How's life in uh, in Texas, man? What's things? Uh, what are things like in Cedar Park? Well, it's it's pretty good, Reed. We just uh, we just finished our regular season, and uh, we're starting our first playoff game tomorrow night against the San Diego Gulls. And I'm just sitting out in the backyard. It's about 85 degrees, and uh, the grass is green and the trees are green. So uh, it's uh, it's a nice time of the year to uh, to be in the playoffs. Well, for sure, you guys are uh, back in now. Interesting here because you're playing you're playing San Diego. So we got two. Uh, former Edmonton guys going head-to-head because you used to coach the Oil Kings and Dallas Aikens is behind the bench of the Gulls. Didn't you do pretty well against the Gulls this season? Yeah, we went uh, we went 5-1 and one against the Gulls, and I hate to mention that we went 6-0 and oh against Bakersfield. But um, we uh, San Diego's got a real good team right now. They've got most of their guys back. Uh, I believe they finished the regular season 16-3-3. So they're at the top of the game. They finished just ahead of us in the standings. So 
Uh, we play a best of five, and we play a two-three, and they have the choice to start on the road, and they're going to start on the road here tomorrow night. So they get the first two games in the road, and we get the first two games at home. So it's going to be a great series. They're they're a big, strong team that can score. We're probably a smaller, quicker team that can score, so it makes for a good series. Uh, how how did you like the the, the standings this year? Because you guys played more games than San Diego. You played more games than most teams in your division because the California teams got to play less. Was that different to be watching for the winning percentage rather than the points? And, I mean, was that was that an advantage for those teams to play a little less? Well, you, when you really when it comes down to the end and you look at it, um, the, the thing that I found was the, it was a lot harder on the players uh, especially in some of the crunch time situations around uh, November, December, January, we had we were playing 14, 15 games a month, and the West Coast teams were playing nine and ten games a month. So uh, we felt, you know, we we had more travel, we had more uh, more games, away games, and we had more taxing, I guess, uh, um, areas on our team than than the West Coast teams. They had more downtime, they had more practice time, they had less travel time. And, uh, you know, it, it makes a difference. But one of the complaints I heard on the West Coast was um, there was too much practice time and not enough games. So I know the NHL teams wanted to have more development at that level. So I think you'll see a balance probably in the next couple of years come to 72 games both sides and, and then call it even because uh, it, it is a huge difference. I, I, I just felt that our guys, you know, we would, we would be maybe playing three and three nights against the West Coast team and they would be sitting there for two days waiting for us. So it, it really made a huge difference. But, uh, um, you know, I think, I believe they're going to do the same thing next year. And I think, uh, you know, you get a good uh, feeling for it once you see the playoffs. Four of, their, four of the teams on the West Coast made the playoffs, San Diego, Ontario, and San Jose out of the six teams. So maybe that has something to say for it from, uh, from the standpoint of traveling and practice time. Derek Laxdahl joining us on Inside Sports, head coach of the Texas Stars. A couple of years there for you, Derek, both 40-win uh, seasons out of 76 games, so a very good winning percentage. Um, and, I mean, look, I'm not saying this, obviously, to, to downplay your coaching, but tell me a little bit about the, the benefits of having a strong NHL team, the trickle-down effect that potentially has on your roster. Well, the one thing that we last year, well, the year they won it, uh, was it two years ago, they had a little old team. They had a couple of young kids coming through, like Radic Foxa, who just came out of junior, Brett Richards. They were just kind of going on their first year pro and, and coming out of junior on the playoff drive. And last year we had a little bit of an older team, the kind of the uh, uh, the afterthought of the of them winning, and we had some guys still in the contract. But this year we had a much younger team. We had some great young uh, prospects. Uh, Jason Dickinson, who we played against Guelph with the uh, Oil Kings in the, in the Moral Cup final. Uh, Devin Shore, who went to the University of Maine, uh, Julius Honka, who we know played in Swift Current. Um, so there are some really good pieces here that uh, came in this year. And the one thing, uh, the American Hockey League, you're allowed to have five vets with uh, 260 games played and one exempt. So you're allowed to dress six vets every night. We actually, read, believe it or not, dress two vets most of the year. Uh, Brendan Evans was a vet. He only played about 35 games. Uh, Travis Moore and Greg Rallo were the other two vets, and they were both out for two months at the time. So there were some nights we weren't dressed in a vet at all, and it shows you the depth that the uh, the Dallas Stars have. And Now, we lost two of our bigger players here just in the last month, uh, Stephen Johns, who you'll see playing for the Dallas Stars, and Heratic Fox, who's played uh, unbelievable as a third-line checking center for the Dallas Stars. So they've got some great depth in a lot of the holes, 
and uh, obviously that's helped the success that we've had here this year. Uh, i got to bring up Brendan Evans because I featured him on a segment we have on Inside Sports called Living the Dream. Uh, 34 years of age, has, has not played an NHL game. Uh, I mean, he joked in the interview, he's like, I know kids don't grow up dreaming about being a journeyman AHL defenseman, but, you know, he, he kind of laughs about it. But I, I just, it struck me, Derek, how much this guy appreciates, seems to me anyway, appreciates every time he hits the ice. When you play 14 years pro and American hockey, uh, you've done something right in your career. And, and Brendan's been, uh, Brendan just came to us this year, and uh, he hasn't played all the games. He's probably played half the games, and he's been a consummate pro. He's been uh, great for our young guys, Julius Honka and uh, Essa Lindell, who's a first-year Finnish player who's going to be an NHL player here pretty soon. And he's been great in the dressing room. So uh, he's, kind of the, he's kind of the father in the room, and uh, he's got the nickname the Sheriff because he plays that uh, – that physical role for us so he's uh, he's been here for a year he's settling quite nicely and uh he's been a great uh, great part of our leadership group for the for the most part How, how's the transition been for you Derek I mean you, you coached and I mean I know you've you've coached various levels but you spent several seasons with the Oil Kings where uh, everybody's under the age of 20 and in the AHL you have all age ranges and all guys and guys who can be in various stages of their careers, maybe guys who are one step away from the NHL, maybe other guys who are more career a- AHLers. How, how have you enjoyed or what are the challenges of uh, working with different ages of men and, and men who are in, in, in different maybe stages of their career tra- trajectory? Well, one, one thing you find is the talent pool, if you're taking all the junior kids, you're taking all the high-end kids out of midget and putting them in the junior leagues, and you're, you're getting a pretty good, probably uh, 50 or 60% group of players that think the game and that will most likely move on and, and have a good career. Uh, maybe the numbers are a little bit lower, but when you take those pool, those players and you shrink them down and you get to the American League level, you get a pretty good group of kids that, uh, you know, they're hungry and they have those NHL aspirations. Uh, they've taken a step out of college or out of junior or they've taken a step as a free agent and they understand what they want every day. When they come to the rink, they know they want to be an NHL player. But at the end of the day, though, you find yourself kind of uh, selling the same message about your off-ice uh, habits, your on-ice habits, uh, what it takes to be a pro at the NHL level compared to the American League level. And it's not really that much different than from junior. You know, you're telling junior kids, well, you have to train a little bit harder, you have to eat a little bit better, and you have to sacrifice more. And it's the same message that you're selling to the kids in the American League. And, you know, you see more and more kids get it at the American League because they're obviously going to the NHL. But... Um, Otherwise, system-wise, and that it's pretty well the same. You're, you're teaching a lot of the same systems. You're working on a, a lot of the same skills. Uh, the skill sets probably aren't as strong in junior as they are in the American League, but in junior, you're probably going to see more of a, a learning curve in the skill sets and the game of a player, be just because kids are 16 to 20 years old. In terms of of, of you, Derek. Um... I mean, you know, I, 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 you've said to me before, your, your, your goal is to coach in the NHL, and you, and you keep moving towards that. How do you feel you've grown as a coach or anything you've learned here over the last couple of years in the AHL? Well, I've I got to I gotta be honest with you. Uh, the, the four years I spent in Edmonton and obviously the two years I've spent here in Texas, one thing you've really learned as a coach is sometimes you really just got to let the kids play and the men play. Um, they know when they make a mistake. They know what they have to do. And sometimes you have to give them a little booster, a little pep talk. But um, at the end of the day, you really got to be selective in your teaching points and your teaching times. And, uh, you know, just let the guys play. And it, it's the big thing for these guys is that, um, 
these guys want to win just as much as the coaches do, and uh, they understand when they're making mistakes. And the last thing you need to know is they need to know coming back to bench. Coach is waiting for them there, and and uh, it's amazing nowadays that the these players are pretty smart. They're not only talented, skillfully, but they're 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 smart. They're got hawks, smart hockey minds, and they can play the game. Um, for myself, I guess it would just be sitting back and coaching, enjoying the game, and watch the players play, and picking the times when to coach and when not to coach. And uh, just kind of uh, maybe having that trust in your players a little bit more. Well said. Derek, you've won a championship in the ECHL. You won a couple in the WHL. I hope you get one in the AHL as well. Thanks for making time for us on 630, Chad. All the best against San Diego. All right. Thank you very much, Reed. Appreciate the time tonight. Right on. That is Derek Laxdahl, coach of the Texas Stars. They get going tomorrow against the San Diego Gulls. All right, we have a goal to report in the last couple of minutes here. Jason Pominville scores for the Wild, his third of the playoffs. The Wild are up one nothing on the Stars six minutes into the second period. L.A. and San Jose underway, no score. Thirteen and a half minutes left in the first period. The Panthers do close out the Islanders. That series is now tied 2-2. Teddy Purcell with his second goal of the playoffs for the Panthers tonight. And the Flyers stay alive, beating the Capitals 3-1. Washington, uh, 2-1, pardon me. Washington leads the series 3-1. Thanks to our guests tonight. You heard from Regan Bartell, play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Texas Stars head coach Derek Laxdahl, Pete Weber from the Nashville Predators broadcast booth, Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers, and a fantastic hour with Tony Washington and DeAnthony Batiste, offensive lineman for the Grey Cup champion Edmonton Eskimos. Thanks to our producer Dave Campbell who put this show together, the studio producers of this evening, Bernard Soon. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for listening tonight. More Inside Sports tomorrow night. Matthew Barnaby and Mark Kennedy are on our guest list already. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.